0: If you actually want to like survive a, a gig economy, you need to be getting feedback on the things that you're doing constantly.
1: Why do a podcast about freelancers who influence? Simple, because we're health influencers. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, welcome to this episode of Helpful uh, Today we have with us Tim, who is in, uh, Tim, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Oh, and co-hosting, Dominic is here as well. What's up guys? Welcome to Helpful Answers. So, Tim, if you could jump right in and kind of just tell us a little bit more about you and kind of what you do. And I think one of the first questions we'd like to like figure out or we'd like to tell the audience is, uh, how do we meet? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, uh, hi, I'm Tim Kaysen.
0: I'm the owner and uh, managing partner of Fuel on Bacon. Uh, I started off maybe like 10 years ago in startups and eventually had a bunch of projects and led myself to uh, running a small marketing agency with... A bunch of decentralized team that is able to collaborate together and work on projects. Um, But we met, um, Ted and I and uh, Dominic here, we all met at Cross Campus in uh, downtown Los Angeles. I mean, it's hard to say how long ago, but. I think it was January. Yeah. That's when I first started uh, working here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. January and I know
1: I've seen you. I saw you a bunch just before we like actually talked. Yeah, well, I've only uh, shoot. I'm I'm LA based now only since November, October, November. So I mean, yeah, I guess like uh, cross campus has this way of like bringing people together. It's community and and quickly. Yeah, and that's one of the things I actually love
0: about uh, co-working spaces is is that, like, it is communal-based. Right. So anything that comes up is like, oh, I I know somebody. I've got that. Or, like, it's a collaborative thing all the time. I always thought that it was interesting, and I've always been drawn to that because some of the first projects that I worked on, I never had the network. I never had the people with experience a little bit different from myself and when I started off it was just like I'm in a room by myself and I'm teaching myself how to do code or I'm teaching myself marketing right. and the only thing that you have is like the articles online so a place like a co-working space would have just blown my mind yeah. like 10 years ago yeah so
1: all the things that we wish we, we used to have like when we were like 5 years ago 10 years ago yeah we Airbnb and co spaces. Yeah, so <laughs> you can get intrusive. a private car. <laughs> yeah, so a private car to pick you up. That sounds
2: fancy. Yeah. 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 Well, it's so it's so beautiful too because I mean, we're, we're like what two months into even knowing of each other's existence on the planet, and uh-huh. we're already you know collaborating, co pitching clients and onboarding clients, and you know working yeah. on strategy together. And yeah. It's when you find people that are in a, in the a same in the same lane as you to some degree, same yeah. frequency. And yeah. And I'm on I'm 100. That's one of
0: the reasons why I like.
2: Uh, you what can't go to Starbucks. Right.
0: It's one of the reasons why I like what you guys are doing with the podcast because it's it's very like help and collaboration and like you're going to find people along the way that are going to be great resources for you constantly. And the way that you collaborate the best is that you just you give and offer the services that you can and say like, hey, man, this is what I figured out. What did you learn? Yeah. And I feel like that's constantly happening in working spaces, not just here, but like Everywhere now, right. And that just was never a thing. I feel like when I started off like 10 years ago doing my own business, everybody, and I think that's one of the things that the journeys of an entrepreneur is that like you don't give away your secret sauce or like I have this idea and somebody right. else is going to take it. Yeah. And that, that to me tells like if somebody's still on that stage, like they haven't been through enough trial and error yeah. to know that. It's not about the idea. It's about the execution. Exactly. And so, like, I can give you as much advice and resources as possible, but that doesn't mean you're going to execute on it. You've got to go through the same different path um, to get there. And that's why I'm just like, cool, I, I'm willing to give away
2: everything. Like yeah. t- l- Tell me what you guys need, and I'm, I'm there. Right, you right, know right, what I mean? right, right, right. Yeah. I love that. I love that about you. You've been very generous with your information, with your experience, and I think what I'm noticing, and maybe you can speak to this for a few minutes, too, is this thing that's happening where in the market, especially in digital marketing, mm-hmm. there's micro-niching happening, yeah. where people's niche could be the five businesses on their block, mm-hmm. and that's enough revenue to run an entire, you know, <laughs> micro-agency as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's very scalable at, as you begin to create momentum around that, but I think that that's where there's so much value that can be offered just by sharing. You know, sharing trade secrets is becoming the new the yeah. new thing, and it should be. So what do you think about, how do, how do you think that that, applies to where we are now that's crazy uh it's it's mainly
0: uh, i think it applies to where we are now because we're we're going through like a huge transition and everything that worked you know six months ago or a year ago it's like once it's used enough it doesn't work anymore right so we're going through this this weird type of evolution where it's like hey right now the hot thing is like or at least it was it's not going to be for long is like getting influencers to like Pump your stuff, right? Like get them out there, put some money in front of them, get them like that's great because they have their own networks. But when when does that not work? It, it only is going to work when there's like an authentic connection between what they have, right, and and the audience that that's listening to them. Yeah, we've so, seen that like materialize a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, they had the fire documentary come out recently, and just like, oh, here's like an abuse of that type of power yeah, 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 of attention. Yeah, you know. But what I think is going to happen is there's going to be a transition to those types of personal networks and the type of, like, an aggregated online reputation type of thing. Right. Right. Who is your person that you listen to the news? Like, you could go to a news outlet and say, I'm going to read about politics today. Or you can go to Joe Rogan and you can listen to all the stuff that he's talking about as far as politics. And you're going to get a whole different perspective. People are going to opt into those different places. So – Oh, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what the, the change with businesses is going to be that type of online conversation and reputation in the long term saying, Hey, have you built up enough reviews over the past 10 years to where you are the
1: person to go to in LA for changing a tire? Right. for getting your hair done exactly Do all yeah. that stuff yeah I think you hit the nail on the head with like what we're trying to like establish with helpful answers. like kind of having like people who add value and having that market or that that audience that validates their 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 value added yeah Um, So just going backwards a little bit, just so that we can, like, get the audience, um, I think that will be potentially, that will be listening to this or that listens to this. Tell us a little bit more about, like, how you started in the gig economy. I know you, like, glazed over it a little bit, like, 10 years ago. But how you started in it, like, kind of, like, what what would you tell people they should kind of do first if they want to, like, leave their 9 to 5 and, like, really just pursue their passion and kind of, like, work in the gig economy? Yeah. So the first thing that I would do is I would
0: make space for it in your schedule Um, and you're not going to know the things that you don't know. And it's just like going to the gym where it's like if you make space for it, you're making time for it and you're doing that regularly. The people that hop on and, and do like like rides for Uber, yeah. they're making time for that after their job, after the gym or after whatever it is right. to go do something like that. So the, the gig economy, it it's a mix of those different things. In the future, it's just going to be called economy. Right. right? It's just going to be the, the normal. Yeah. But um Where I would start is, one, making space and time for it. And then, two, finding the different specialty and and niche that you're going to, like, fulfill. Right. Right? And you don't have to be uh, the best at it. And you're not going to be the best at it at first. But making that time and space for it and then giving as much away for free to get the experience that you need initially. And those are the things that I did. Um, when I started off, I didn't know anything from anything, and I was just like, cool, I'm going to do a startup. I just came out of business school, and I know what I'm doing, and I hired a team out of India to like build this app for me, and it was terrible because I didn't know how to set project requirements. I didn't know what I was asking for, and they delivered exactly what I asked for, and it was not what I needed. Right. Right? So I was like, well, I'm going to teach myself how to program. I'm going to jump on that train and build out this app myself. Right. And I did that. And through trial and error, I didn't have enough experience around that enough perspective to really give me the things I needed to go out and sell
1: the skills that I had. And that's right. what it is. That's like the gig economy is selling the skills that you have. Right. Right. You know? right. So I guess like what, when you you, you touch on a few things there, but like, I guess what, one of the things I want to hone in on is like mm-hmm. this kind of work life balance. Cause you said you have to make time for it. Right. Oh yeah. So like, it's a new career path. Like we're identifying that, right. You said it's going to be called the economy and not the gig yeah. economy. So what, 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 do you like, what would you tell people that want to get started in this in terms of like how, how much time do you allocate to this? How much time yeah. do you spend figuring it out? How much money can I actually earn doing this? You right. know? Um, I, I would start off somewhere around like,
0: like a whole Saturday, start off a Saturday and just try something different until it, like, until that something sticks and you're just like, I can do this with the idea that maybe that's something you wanted to transition transition to full time in like yeah. three to six months. Uh, once you get a little bit more serious about it, I would say in, in between 15 and 25 hours a week yeah. that you're spending in the gig economy. But it, it's also, you know, you could say if you're, I mean, for example, uh, a totally different way of thinking about it is that type of gig is not just like a transaction. Um, it's, way of building out your business a little bit different. There's a lawyer that that works uh, in uh, Florida that we worked with and there's people coming in all the time and they're asking for services, but that lawyer also has like two, three hours of free time in the day that he could go online and help somebody for a little bit less. It's a little bit separated as far as like the decentralization of it, but those are small gigs that he's taking. Yeah. It's not full service, right. right? And so if you take that mentality to something like uh, you're going to do design a website, you're going to project manage something like that, start with those small different jobs and line them up on a Saturday yeah. or a couple of uh, extra hours and stuff like that. But there's all these skills that you have to stack up of managing yourself in a normal job. You don't have that. You
1: don't have somebody managing yourself when it's just you. So that's interesting because what you're saying is like take what you already do and kind of like transition that into like being your own boss. Mm-hmm so now how about for people who want to like maybe just do something completely different like a passion project or something like this like how do you because I guess like one of the hardest things you know what I I kind of like um it's probably nothing new, right? But like, <laughs> is if you if you don't create a system for yourself, mm-hmm. someone else is going to create that system for you, yes. right? And so, how do you actually get into that creating that system? We all know about project management software, is like Asana. Mm-hmm. We like you said, put, put it in your schedule. So I'm assuming you're talking about the like Google Calendar. That's the first thing you sent me. I'm like, yo, yeah, you're yeah. a good podcasting. He's like, send me a Google invite. I'm like, that's my job. Yeah, like, oh. I got um, so I got like, how do you begin to even create that schedule for yourself? We know there's a lot of online courses mm-hmm. on like you know like what would you like what, what would you give for that type of feedback I think we yeah. started hearing about boot camps for digital marketing boot camps for like uh, uh, for software development you know that's all over YouTube but yeah how would you go about creating that routine for yourself I mean there's there's a ton of resources to like look into it
0: mm-hmm. um but finding other people that have done it first, like what you guys are doing right here yeah. like, and saying, hey, here's a bunch of tools. Give this a shot. Find out what works for you. Right. Right. Making space and then having the right tools for what you're doing, but also having the tools that work for you. Yeah. Like don't try to force somebody else's tools on you if it doesn't make sense or it doesn't right. have a good fit. Right. But how, how would you start organizing that stuff? It, it's really just, you're gonna gain so much experience by collaborating with other people. Yeah. That's why a place like a co-working space is amazing because you're sitting next to somebody and they're going through, and like you stopped me the other day and you're just like, wait, what is that? And yeah. I was like, oh, it's just my schedule. Yeah, You know, Yeah. but it's the same thing. It's just like, uh, I talked to the kid, my uncle out there like all the time. and was like, hey man, what did you do about this? And he's showing me tools all the time. Yeah, there's so many ways you can hack it. So like just talking to as many people and seeing what fits, right? Being in a community, Like being like online, talking with other people, sharing resources back and forth. And what you're going to see is that like, oh, this is what this person is doing. How do I get a same or similar result? And I may not be using the same tools, but, or I may not be doing the same tasks, but I know that I've got to go out and sell something. I've got to go out and manage this project, this outcome. I've got to learn this skill. Like learning is going to be a consistent thing in the gig economy. Yeah. So finding out the things that you need to learn and being, like, proactive about that, you know, it takes a long time. But, like, you're building this mountain of skills that eventually, like, it's hard to argue with the expertise that you may have. And then after you have a lot of those skills, just, like, honing that craft in with experience. And you start that experience by saying, what can I give away? Right? And you're going to get critical feedback all the time. And then once you give it away, you're just like,
1: all right, I'm gonna charge for this. I'm gonna go, like, what should I charge? Yeah, for you this? see where the value is built. Right? Mm-hmm. So Dominic, I know you. Um, I, like, I mean, I see you uh, running around all day on phone calls. So I feel yeah. like, and and so I want to ask you, Tim, like. How do, like how do you actually manage your day in terms of like what percentage of time do you spend on mm. sales? What percentage of time do you actually spend on like the actual skill set that you're you're passionate yeah. about? Um, how much do you spend on like admin? And I mean, which leads to like kind of like the critical questions that I think on influencers we want to really like hit the nail on the head with is like you know how do you handle your Health insurance, your you know, accounting, your taxes, because um, typically your company, you know, if you work for a company, they'll handle a lot of this yeah. stuff for you. So, like, how do you split up your day? How do you uh, you handle some of these mundane like admin stuff?
2: Yeah,
0: it's it's a challenge, right? Because at first you're just like, whoa, hold on a second, I've got to do payroll and uh, healthcare and i got to do sales and execution and all these different things. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, over time I transitioned to building a team. Right. Um, But initially with it just being me, I was just like, okay, cool. I'm, I've got this job. You know, when I first got to LA, I was like, I can get a job or I can get a contract. But That contract means that like, they're not going to give me healthcare. They're not going to give me a lot of the different things that I could need at a normal job saying like, Hey, I don't have to think about this. Right. I'm just going to put in my 40 hours and I'm going to bounce. But when you're put in a position where you have to provide that stuff for you, it's a little bit painful to start off with. That's what you're kind of talking about. But it doesn't take long after the execution of knowing, all right, here's the next step. I've done this. It's a little scary to say, all right, I'm calling different healthcare care p- like places and saying, I've got to get this problem handled. But you're always going to be focusing on like the highest order bit of what's most important to focus on today. So today, the highest order bit is, and it should be. Uh, making sure there's enough sales in that pipeline so that you got, you got a paycheck coming so yeah. that you can pay your bills. Yeah, that's important. Once that's taken care of, saying, okay, well, I've got to get healthcare and do this all. like, it's that ladder that you're climbing. To be more specific, like, with healthcare, there's a ton of different places you can go to a private network to get healthcare. And you got to go out there and just get a system of, you know, getting three quotes from places. And this is what, like, a lot of corporations do. They say, all right, we need at least three quotes and then we need to review those things compare the differences and choose one. Right. Right. I recently onboarded like uh, an assistant and it's like changed the way that I work. But this time last year I was doing programming, sales, project management, admin, like I was doing all of those things. So slowly, slowly I took these things and I started offsetting them one by one to say, okay, we got enough sales in. Um, I've got a, a resource or two of somebody who can help me with the project management. I need to onboard them there. Right. bring them on and, and they're not going to be the same type of execution as you. Anybody that you bring on after you is not going to know the same stuff as you. They may not be as ex- experienced right. unless you're willing to pay for that experience. Right. So you can find other people in that gig economy saying, okay, like, hey, let's let's kind of like band together. Let's collaborate on these different things. And then just say, hey, when somebody's pure job is that one thing, they're going to get better at it. It may yeah. take six months, yeah. right? That one person's doing project management. That one person's doing development. And then like eventually I pushed myself out of all these different roles and now I'm just doing sales, yeah. just yeah. doing outreach. and and strategy and admin when like I absolutely love doing software and programming but is it the best use of my time not right now so like you gotta you gotta weigh those different things and that's the challenge saying like okay what is the important thing to accomplish and am I focusing
2: all my effort on that right now yeah I want to comment on that for a minute and then go back to dig into a little bit of a question around that too I think the big thing that I see is when people are moving into uh, a side hustle, a gig economy thing, mm-hmm. they end up very overwhelmed very quickly. And I think a good piece of advice around that is, first off, the overlap technique. Use your Saturday. Yeah. Use your evenings yeah. first. And, and then once you're educated, once you know what you need to know to be able to execute start with one. Yeah. Right. Don't think how many clients can I get. Think what's value I can add for one person that's in my network right now. Yeah. That I can start with a trial, that I can add value and charge for that value. Mm-hmm. And as you do that, it's just one step at a time. Then you bring on a second client, then you quit your job. Then you bring on an assistant. Right. Yeah. And so you start and I think a lot of people it's because it's a it's a deep end kind of thing. It's a trial by fire kind of thing. You yeah. end up in it, and you're like, oh shit! Like, what do I do now? Yeah. So, I, I think that's a great point. I wanted to ask you. I think what you're talking about when it comes to the calendar is in just a few words, it's just ruthless prioritization. Yeah. What is the most important thing today? Mm-hmm. And it's the difference between do you want to be a technician or do you want to be an entrepreneur? Do you want to be really good at something and farm those services to people that are doing sales and building businesses? Or do you want to build a business yeah. for yourself and work on that business? And you might be able to niche into that, you know, and still do your, your execution on the stuff that you love. Yeah. But that there's a ceiling to that. So what I want to ask you is moving into the gig economy from a more like traditional job situation. Mm-hmm. What are the mindset adjustments that have to happen? One of the first mindset is that you're, you have to be comfortable
0: with... Uh, not knowing. You have to be comfortable with um, risk, like a lot more risk. You have to be comfortable with like the value of your time changing. And you've got to be, I guess, more, more open in a sense of saying like, you're, you're going to be criticized, right? At a normal job, you wait for your review to happen every three months, every year and stuff like that. And you get feedback instead of that, if you actually want to like survive a gig economy you need to be getting feedback on the things that you're doing constantly that's funny survive a gig economy <laughs> like, like we literally are in this like it's competitive, competitive. man it's yeah. it's like it's not like let's say what's the worst Uber ride you've ever taken
1: do you remember it I've had some not, I don't know if I've had the w- worst but I've just had some like get some questionable right? answer yeah yeah not with the driver itself but like because I do Uber pool okay and so And certain cities, it's like, all right, it's maybe not... never know what you're going to get. (laughs) Yeah. Certain parts of town, it might not be the best thing to do. You might want to just, like, jump into, like, you know, regular Uber. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, I I don't remember. I, I guess I'm just... What about, like, the
0: best Uber ride you remember some of the things about it like some of those things are like subtle but it's the stuff that they spent the time to think about to say like hey this per- like, there's water available, there's
2: like yeah, 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 candy, yeah. like it smells good. big, nice big things clean. for Uber, Yeah, phone chargers man phone yeah, chargers, yeah, yeah, yeah. you get an extra long cable to reach to the back <laughs> Yeah, you're getting five stars yeah. <laughs> you ever gave a four star? yeah, say what? have you ever given a four star?
0: oh I'm sure I'm right sure <laughs> yeah. I gave him one star, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, nah, this is not cool. Yeah, so the so dude cussed at me like as I was getting in the car and I was like, Really? Like, uh, it's okay, okay, man, if you're having a bad day, but like we all just need to get from A to B.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, yeah. I mean? Actually wanna know something funny, I've not given like I've only given five stars and if I don't feel like giving them five stars, I just don't give a review at all. Interesting.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's funny, like you can sit Very in the back of you. you can sit in the back of an Uber and not say anything for thirty minutes on like a long ass drive and then just be like, Yeah, five stars. They <laughs> kind of left me alone. That's really
1: good. you know. No, sometimes it's annoying. Like I mean, mm-hmm. like I, I talk a lot, so like I have a challenge, anyways. But like when I sit, get in there and I have my book in my hand and I'm like, all right, well, you still talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to read right now. Yeah, Social yeah. awareness. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it is it is that like iterative thing where it's just like, all right, the first time they ever did it, like they were the most uncomfortable they ever were doing that thing like whether it was driving a car or like sitting down and trying to plan out like an online strategy. Right. Be like, Hey, I've never done this before. And being honest about it, like definitely helps, but always asking for that critical feedback to say like, how did this work out for you? And we've yeah. integrated that within our process of, at Fuel on Bacon where at the end of the interaction, at the end of like we launch something for you, we'll send you a text message to get a feedback with a swipeable survey that you go through and you say, all right, well, did this work for you? Did you like it? Will you refer anybody? Like all those things that I think should naturally be part of every sales process Yeah, because then you're saying like if they had a good experience, I want to collect the most valuable and critical feedback. Yeah. Two weeks ago, I lost a potential sale like going through and like we'd gone through all these different things and he's like, yeah, you know, we decided to go with somebody else and we were at like the one yard line to be like, are you ready to sign paperwork? Yeah. And they're just like, sorry, we went with somebody else. And I was like, that's totally fine. I understand that. Like, in this world, you somehow run into the same people five years later. So it's like you've got to mend those different relationships. And I was like, being as critical as possible... Where did we? Where did we go wrong? And he told—he was like this and this and this. And since then, we had like information to say, all right, we got to fix this in our proposal. We got to make it a little bit more design friendly. We got to make this happier. We got to spend a little more time, like early on, talking about these things. Yeah. Right. That type of reflection and process is like it accelerates everything that you do. And yeah. so when it's something as specific as you are selling your skills and your skills in this economy. Are competing with everybody else's. The only way that you're going to get ahead is having that feedback and getting a critical eye and saying, "What do I need to ch- the fix, change, experiment with?" Every time you go through it, you know. Yeah. You
1: guys are going to do the same thing with the with the podcast, saying like, "What worked?" or "Do we need more time to set up?" Yeah, like, yeah. you know that type of thing. <laughs> I actually did that for myself. I sent people a survey um, asking them, like, kind of. What are my strengths? What are the my weaknesses? What are the things that can count on me on? Mm-hmm. Just so I like, kind of reassess and kind of figure out what, what, what my what my biggest value added and some of the pain points I got to fix. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a very interesting process because not all the time. I mean, half the time when someone like says, hey, would you stay on the phone for this survey?
0: Yeah. I was <laughs> like, nah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's
1: <laughs> different. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You got you to gotta kind of like suck your friends into being like, all right, you're going to be real with me right now and it's going to be tough. But like I I try to build those close relationships with people so that they can be honest with me and be like, Hey man, am I messing up here? Is it, am I messing? Is like, where is it that I'm like tripping up? And um, if you guys read Principles by Ray Dalio, he's the uh, Brid- on Bridgewater, amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. But what he talks about is like you're gonna have blind spots in your life. You're gonna have potholes that you hit, and your friends, your group of people, your community, if it is at a co-working space, are gonna be able to guide you around those things. Yeah. And there's some stuff that you're never gonna be able to see or predict. So it's like if there's a, a group of close people being like, hey careful, there's some
2: stuff coming up and you might not see it happening, whether yeah. it's your personal or professional life. Yeah. It's always there. Right. Well, and I love Ted, the way that you handled it too, because I think it's important. Like feedback is super important, but also understanding how to use the resources available to get the best kind of feedback. Mm. And I think doing something like a survey that's, you know, it's a little, it's a, there's a little more thought you can put into it. Yeah. And it's not as awkward as telling you something that I think is an opportunity for you yeah. uh, to your face. And, and which, you know, we should grow in our comfort level. Yeah. Those things yeah. too. But it is nice to be able to reach out to those people around you and maybe understand different parts of you yeah. and get that feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I noticed whenever
0: there's an opportunity to have a hard conversation, the sooner that you have it, like, the better the outcome is. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's sure this is a difficult conversation to have, but I'm glad we're having it now versus like after something bad would happen. And I've noticed that in like relationships or with family members and so like that, like so-and-so is afraid to say something or to say no or whatever it may be. And so the sooner that you can predict those things and have a hard conversation and attack it directly, the better the outcome is because you can control it you're like, Hey, we're early off and on early off on to like steer the ship and say like hey there's some watch out there's some treacherous waters coming careful let's make sure that we're back on track the same thing with a client if like if I understand that they're not feeling something that I'm putting out I'm like okay cool this is good to know just to just to clarify like is this something that uh you don't like or you don't want or you're afraid of and oftentimes there's some context there that you don't know yeah and it has nothing to do with you and that's fine but it's just the way that people perceive it where people act on it.
1: Yeah, some hidden the health the the nail on the head with some emotional intelligence there. Mm-hmm. So um I think like and also I think maybe even just winding down a little bit but so what are the biggest benefits of the gig economy? Where do you see the gig mm-hmm. economy in like, let's say the next three to five years for people who like are thinking about this avenue mm-hmm. and um kind of just want to know if it's a viable option for the near future or if it's just something sort of a temporary thing that we're going through. Yeah.
0: I think in the future that there's going to be uh, people that specialize in... You know, multiple skills, right? And you're going to spend your skills doing a lot of part-time jobs, but those part-time jobs are going to exist in several areas, right? You're going to say, I'm uh, the best sports announcer and also I do this other thing, right? And when you combine those two things together, like you have this unique skill set that it's hard for anybody else to compare on right there may not be enough work in a lot of these different areas like for instance like my dad went to school for uh teaching uh the blind and the deaf right and there's only like uh, so many jobs that are available for that type of worker that are paid for by the state right. right so he's graduating with like a thousand other people in his graduating class with like a similar skill set uh, how do you compete with that? <laughs> <laughs> but but when you change the mentality around it and say like all right that's that's just like the structure way of, of, you know, succeeding at that thing. What if I put an ad on Craigslist to do this? Like, and say if there's somebody out there that wanted help with these things, like let's have a conversation, right? That's that's the kind of mental shift that needs to happen and in the future I think the economy is going to develop into one of those things where you need something done it's like a job board and these job boards already exist in a bunch of different yeah.
1: places you know? so you're, you're making me and I think uh, this is why Dominic is also like looking over here too because so the reason that like um, the whole idea for influencers came mm-hmm. about because I was working on an app called help board so okay. you used to like you said job board and you also had it helping it so yeah so like the idea was actually being able to like that people have multiple skill sets mm-hmm. so imagine just like you put yourself on Uber imagine saying not only you're a driver but you like have three other skill sets too yeah. and then figuring out like which skill set at different times of the day are like the most valuable.
2: Yeah. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's coming. It's
2: great, I think. You see case studies. I mean, Joe, you mentioned Joe Rogan earlier. It's yeah. a great example. It's a guy who was a an actor, uh, you know, a, a host, and Killing it, man. also studied martial arts. Mm-hmm. And those two things combined into now being the seminal resource on, you know, mixed martial arts in maybe the nation, you yeah. know. And, and now people want to know his opinion on everything. Yeah, he's, he's a cultural
0: personality now yeah you yeah. know and uh, that to me is, is crazy that that we're getting to a point where and I think it's the same way that it was you know 10 15 years ago where it's like everybody's afraid to put their credit card online yeah right? the same way that everybody's afraid to put that job online yeah right the more familiarity that comes with that the, the, the more we move to the next generation the more common that is the more people will opt in to say like that's just how you sell stuff yeah you don't sell stuff to your friends anymore you put it online yeah you sell it Shoot your friends will ask for a discount. Everyone online won't. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that's pretty cool. But it's, it's, yeah, it's disseminating trust. It's like also saying, how do you validate that skill set? That's why I'm really long on like this online reputation yeah. right? because you're putting that history of your life, of your experiences, of your work online yeah. for the rest of the world to see. And if you had your choice between somebody who's just like has a really slick something, a really slick website, or somebody who's got like here's a history of 10 years of websites yes.
1: – which one are you going to pick? Yo, my Airbnb ratings look amazing. There you go, man. People are like, yo, Ted's the best host. <laughs> I'm like, I want to put that on my resume. <laughs> yeah. well, you should, but it's becoming Five relevant stars. to do that. Though, yeah, right? screenshot
0: it and be like, yo, I'm awesome, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, in, 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 in other words, I think it just like weeds out assholes or people that phone it in. Yeah. You know, and I think that's like the challenge is that. Like, I don't think people are naturally assholes or they're just like, stay suck at stuff. They're just not in the right place. They're not working on the right thing. Right. Right. And if they were working on the thing that they're passionate about, they would be way more happy, way more fulfilled, and they'd execute way better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just a challenge is that you see people that are just like, off off the road you know and it's fine for a time because they're, they're on their own journey they're learning that stuff but you know you can
2: really tell when somebody's
0: all in on that thing
2: yeah you know well i think it goes back to your point earlier like it's there's steps to that process of submitting yourself to someone else's wisdom first and saying like you know this shit i'm gonna listen to you yeah and then partnering with that person or someone like that person do something together yeah and then eventually doing something on your own there may be more steps in between that as well. Yeah. And maybe as like a, a good wrap-up question, I'd ask you uh, for the uh, the value add. Yeah. What is one single resource, product, or you know maybe a piece of training or something uh, mm-hmm. that you could recommend for someone considering starting this overlap into a gig? Affiliate link. <laughs> <laughs> to the editor. Everybody- the affiliate link. Oh, um I think you like uh, I did. <laughs> I
1: think
0: it's, it's a combination of things. You 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 ask for like how do you get in that right like frame of mind? How do you get that right, right mentality. I think part of that is is like finding a separate location with a community of people. that's like a place like a co working space. That's a huge key part of it. It doesn't have to be a co working space, but like I started off at a coffee shop. You know, and there's a bunch of people like studying on their phone, whatever give them that like like try that out find out what works for you but then also like there's so many like organizational tools out there that like you have to organize and manage yourself and that type of you need a mirror in front of you that says here are the things I'm working on right those two things like I just switched, switched over to uh, something called Notion and I used to use Asana I used to use Trello I used to use Jira for like managing these tasks and stuff like that but um, this one thing is like It's a bunch of different things in one. And it works for me. It may not work for everybody else, but it helps me schedule, or plan, or delegate, whatever it is that I need to do. So I would say a tool that gives you that type of um, view and depth into what you're doing. So you can say, hey, I want to work on this. I want to put this down and pen it someplace that works for you. It could be a notebook. And then make sure that you have a time and place to work on that. Right. You know, those are two different things. Like uh, if I was going to give like a single tip, I was like, after you get out of your job, don't go home. Everybody's like automatic programming, go home, turn on the TV, cook a meal, whatever it is. And that programming happens and you're stuck there. How hard is it to go to the gym once you go from work to home? It's way easier to go to the gym once you go from work to the gym. Yeah. yeah, Right. You just add another step. So so instead, like make that
1: little mental shift and say, instead of going home, I'm going to go to that coffee shop and put in a few hours. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's like, I mean, uh, just to like jump on top of that is, uh, I know we're wrapping up, but I think there's like um, one of the the ambiguities around like kind of entrepreneurship, solopreneurship and like kind of working for yourself is um, people kind of look at the, these like, Standardized schedules. They're like, oh, wake up at five a.m. Yeah, or, oh, or whatever time they say. Yeah, what did Einstein do? What yeah. did Steve Jobs do? And no, then I'm like, nah, prepared. man. Like they're outliers. I want to know what like regular people do. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people making six figures, like you know, and kind of just you know have their own made up schedule. So I'm kind of I'm just like I, I like to understand like kind of what are the different. Methods yeah. so that I could choose one because there's like hundreds. I want to yeah. choose one that works for me that best resonates with my lifestyle and all this stuff. I don't like to do things that, that
0: yeah I have. Find, find one that's a good starting place and then start customizing it for you. Yeah. You know, saying like, hey, you know what? It doesn't make sense for me to work late or work early. Like for me it's like a constant, you know, experimenting with those things. And once
1: I find something I like, I'm just like, okay, I'm doing that forever. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Tim, if you could tell us, like, I mean, you, you know, we, you you talked about what you do, but how do they, how do they contact you? How do yeah. they get in touch? Uh, if you guys want to get a hold of me, you can
0: reach out to me on Instagram at timcason.js, or uh, you can hit me up through uh, Fuel on Bacon, a company uh, Instagram. Um, you can reach out to me at tim at fuelonbacon.com and uh, I typically get back to it in just like a couple hours if I'm like super busy with something. Nice. After so, this is going to be a couple
1: days. <laughs> um, alright well thank you so much for um, jumping on help influencers we really appreciate it